Okay, we are in Sefer Yecheskel, Perek Memhei, Pasuk Aleph, Ubahapilchem Esha'aretz Benachara, and we are really headed down the home stretch of Yecheskel. Four more prakim to go. And if you thought that we have reached the apex of Yechezkel's mysticism and the inaccessibility of certain of the prophecies and the inability or the wide disagreement of Mephorshim to reconcile what Yechezkel is saying with what we know to be the halacha, wait till Perik Memhei. Specifically, we're going to come in the last seven sukkim of the parrot, which we hope to reach today. There are karbanos. They delineate the karbanos that will be offered in the third base hamikdash, and they have no support in halacha. It's either new karbanos or variations of the old karbanos that don't exist. And they delineate Yom Tovim, holidays, that have no basis in the Torah or Halacha. We don't know what they're talking about. In fact, Rabbi Yochanan is quoted as saying, just metaphysically throwing up his hands and saying, Eliyahu, Atid Ladrasha. Eliyahu, when he comes, will give us the explanation of this. It is, as we're going to see, terribly confounding. But even before we get to that, the parak is going to open with a redistribution of the Nahala, the land that each tribe got in Eretz Yisrael. You will recall in Sefer Yoshua, the land is given out on a mystical lottery with, based on population of each tribe. Now, because the tribes have been gone from the land, the ten tribes are ostensibly missing, so no one is on their original land. So what they're going to do here is make, as we're going to see, strips, even strips of land, all equal in size, view them as running from east to west, first six tribes, and it's brought down as an excellent illustration in art scroll of what it looks like. So it goes six equal stripes east to west, starting but in the north going descending. And in the middle is a huge tract of land called Truma. In that land between the first six tribes and the last six tribes are going to be the Bias, the Beisham Mikdosh, the Kohanim, the Levim, and the individual known as the Nasi. Um, we're not sure whether the Nasi is the Kohen Gadol or the Melach Mashiach. I believe for the purpose of our parent, it's more logical as we're going to see that it is the Kohen Gadol. So anyway, they're going to be divided like these 12 equally sized strips. There's going to be no uh, tribes on uh, Aver Hayardain, like we know Ruvain God and Chatsi Shevet Menashe had requested to live on the uh, eastern bank of the Jordan. That was granted, but no, they're all there in Eretz Yisrael. So let's begin. 
when you do now redistribute the land to remove truma Hashem, you shall raise a truma. That land is called truma. Kodesh mina oretz, it is sanctified. Sanctified is the base hamikdash is there. Orech hamisha v'yesrim ele, orech rochav esor asor ele. It is um, twenty-five thousand by asor ele. We're not even sure yet. Is it rods which we measure in? Is it amos which we measure in? It's silent. But it is a large size of land. Kodesh Hubachot Vula Savir. It is all around it is sanctity. Yem Izel HaKodesh Chamesh Meos V'Chamesh Meos. 500 by 500 Meruva Savir. V'Chamishim Amo Migrash Lo Savir. And there will be a huge expanse of territory outside the walls, what we call Migrash, an open field. The open field is purely for beautification. It's to provide a beautiful setting around the walls of Yerushalayim. It also, as well, is, it's, it's totally aesthetic, but it is very large. Uminamida hazos tamud orech hamisha ve'esrim elef v'rocha v'aseres alupayim u'boyiyeh hamikdash kodesh kedoshim and in a giant-sized piece of land, 25 by 20,000, the Mikdash and the Kodesh Kedoshim, the sanctuary, will reside. The, the land is vast. Kodesh Kohanim, in addition, that land, that Truma, which we call it, is sanctified for the Kohanim, Mishorsei HaMikdash, who serve in the Mikdash, yeah, craving. <clears throat> they are the ones who come near the Shorei, says Hashem, to serve the Kodesh Baruch Hu. V'hayam makom levatim u'mikdash l'mikdash. There is going to be room for houses for the Levim. That's unusual because we know the Levim had their own uh, cities outside, but no, here they are going to be housed. Uh, and again, for the sanctuary. The Chamishavesh Rimelef Orech Vaseres Alpayim, another huge dimension, Rocha Vahoyola Leviim, offered the Leviim Meshorse Habayis Lahem, Lachuza Esrim Lishachos. There are going to be um, houses for the Levites. The Levites were never housed within the Beis Hamikdash, but here they will have houses and they're going to be 20 Lishachos. Lishachos, we have learned, is our chambers. But nowhere does it say what is the purpose of the chambers, where are they located, um, why are they there. No mention. We have to take it on faith. Um, another huge measurements of the city. Rochav Orechamishav Esrim Elot by 25,000. Lumas Tuma HaKodesh L'chol Beis Yisrael It will be for the sanctification of the Beis HaMikdash to all Israel. Now the Nasi Ula Nasi Mizeh Mizeh L'Trumas HaKodesh Ula Chazas HaYir Al Pnei Trumas HaKodesh Al Pnei Achuzas HaYir The Kohen or it could be the Melech the Kohen or the Melech, and as I say, it's more logical in the contents, 
context of this parrot, that it is the Kohen. He will have it as an achuza, as his possession. Mipas yom, yoma, umipas kadma, kadima, running from west to east. It runs from the uh, side to the sea, the eastern part, uh, western part, to Gvul Kodima, the eastern part. Gigantic. This Nasi is getting an Achuza of Israel. Below Yonu Old Nasi Esami, for a very strangely expressed reason. We are giving him vast wealth in this new setup for the specific reason that he will have enough money not to exploit or to um, oppress the Esami, my people. The They will have their houses for the tribes in those strips. In other words, the Nasi is given that vast wealth to discourage him from oppressing and exploiting his people. Classic example would be King Achav, who just exploited the people. Koamar Shem, who says, now he could be saying this to pass Nesim, or some say he could be projecting to the future Nesim in that messianic era. Rav Lochem Yisrael, enough Oh, in the Siam of Israel, of the Hamas, the petty anti-theft, the showed in the oppression. So, Hilly, does this mean that even after the Mashiach, the the um, the urge to sin, to take away peoples, will continue to exist even post Mashiach? Absolutely. Unfortunately, no, agree on that. That even third time, but yeah, they're going to be exploiters and usurers and, and bad people. So the answer, very good question, is yes. Um, so, large yelolachuzo lo yonu oden cas amiva oris yitnu lebeis yisrael shiftayim. No longer you will you be expropriating property on the land, imposing unfair taxes completely uh, defrauding them. And instead, you will turn your attention to Tzedek and Mishwat, and you'll give the land that belongs and let the people have their land for the tribes. So, Kolomar Hashem, we're on Pesach Tes. Rav Lachem Nisiyei Yisrael Hamas showed Hasiru Mishwat Utstaka Asu. Take away the evil, the graft, the corruption. And in its place, this gives you the opportunity to do justice. Stop your senseless evictions where you megarish them from the land. Stop it. Now we come to a very interesting concept. The Nasi is going to be held responsible for a very strict and interesting halacha we know in the Jewish law. Weights and measures. You cannot overstate the importance of this halacha in our religious practice. Having false weights and false measures, where you penny ante jip B'nai Yisrael, your fellow Jew, where the weights are fake, the measures are fake, 
and it is considered so destructive that the halacha is the mitzvah isn't do not use false weights and measures when they teach us that mitzvah and mishvatim. It's you can't own weights and measures because what it does it is so corruptive of society. You cannot have a society where you're jipping for little pennies or shekels, your fellows, you cannot have a commercial system. And the Gemara in Baba Basra teaches us they were civil servants whose job was nothing else but to go around searching, investigating, and expropriating these weights and measures. And now the, the Navi, uh, whoever is the Nasi will have the responsibility for doing it. Um, and all right, the Eifa is a, a dry measure. Tochen says me aser ha-chomer, ha-bas. The chomer is a wet measure. The bas is one that can be both. And asiras ha-chomer, ha-chomer, So you are to give truma to these people. Again, to give them, uh, and again, there's no basis for this, that the Nasi gets part of your truma, but that's what they're saying. The shekel, esrim geira, esrim shkala, the weight of the shekel must be the same, chamisha esrim shkala, asara chamisha shekel himoneh yelachem. There must be so much exactly to the shekel. Zos hachuma asher tarimu sheshes or eifo michomer hachitim b'shishem eifo michomer hasiirim one sixth of barley one sixth of the eifo of the dry measure, and so it is just as we say unheard of. But you gave them that as truma, that being the the kohen gadol, and um, again an incentive not to steal. Uh, continuing, the Navi Yudal V'chok HaShemen, Habas, he gets a dry, uh, wet measure of oil. HaShemen Me'aser Habas Min HaKor, Asar Habatim Chomer, Ki Asar Habatim Chomer. He gets from the wet measure, the dry measure, the wheat, the barley. V'seh Achat Min HaTzon, he gets a goat, or lamb rather, from the Sun Min HaMasayim, you take from the best you've got. Mimashke Yisrael, Mimincha, from the best of the Wine, and it is to give him so that it will be machaper uh, you to him. No such parallel institution in halacha. Everyone must participate in this truma to the nasi. Nasi and the Nasi has the responsibility to offer the Olos, the Mincha, the Haneset, the Chagim, the the special uh, Korbanos on the Rosh Chodesh, on the Shabbos, on the Regalim. Who yaseh hachatos ves ha-mincha ves ha-ola ves ha-shlomim l'chaper He is to offer these offerings, the Chatos, Mincha, and the Ola, and the Shlomim to atone for B'nai Yisrael. Great, but no such requirement in our Torah that the Nasi uh, is, is to do this. Even the Kohen, the Kohen doesn't officiate at these kind of carbonos, etc. But no matter, we're going to try and explain it. So now we get 
to the very problematic Yudches. Let's even start with the Gemara of Menachos. The rules in these last seven psachim are so without basis in halacha, seem so arbitrarily chosen, seem so pulled from the imagination of Yecheskel, which they cannot be, um, <clears throat> that there is no conforming them. So they tell a Agadata in Mesechta Menachos, Daf Memhei Amud Aleph. And let us read it together. Omar Rav Yehuda Omar Rev. Zohar Oto Ha'ish Latov Bechaniya Ben Chizkiyashmo. Remember this man with just favorable memories. And uh, we are talking about Chanina Ben Chizkiyah. What did he do? Sheilmolei who if it were not for him, Nigna Sefer Yecheskel, the book of Yecheskel, would have not been permitted to be printed or issued or learned. Rather, it would be put in Geniza. Nigna Sefer Yecheskel would be hidden, buried away, never to be discovered. Why? Shehoyud's Varav Sosrim Divrei Torah, because the words just contradict the words of Torah. So Ma'asah, what does this Hananya um, ben Chizkiyot do? Hela shalosh meos gavrei shemen. He brought up 300 barrels of oil to his attic. That, of course, is probably a, an exaggeration because what they're saying is he, he, he burnt the midnight oil. He just brought up fuel so that he could pour over Yecheskel. <clears throat> and he sat in this attic and just expounded every difficult verse he could have. And in that, doing that in the book of Yechezkel, he was able to reconcile them with the Torah. And in the way that he did it, Yechezkel avoids Geniza and banning and survives today. The only problem is his rulings, Hananiah ben Chizkiah, did not survive. We don't know how he reconciled them. So we've said we've had theories and we're going to come back to them. The Radak is the easiest theory to absorb, and that is you're talking about the third base, Hamikdash. There are new sacrifices. There are new rules. There is a new Kedusha, and we're going to explore that hopefully, if not today, next week. So now let's take those psukim that are so confounding. Tesayim. Not Tesayim, Yudches. Um... In the first day of the first month, that would be the first of Nisan, take a bull, tamim, unblemished, and you do it to cleanse the mikdash. Well, first of all, if it's a Rosh Chodesh offering, we don't use a bull. We use a, a seir. A lamb. So, what is? Who's bringing a bull? Where does that come from? Second, the lochach and the kohen takes midam hachatos, 
from the blood of this chattas, v'nasan al mezuzos habayis, he puts it on the doorposts of the house, v'el arba pinos hazara, the four corners of the azara, l'mizbeach, v'al mezuzah shar hachotzer ha'pnimis, and on the inner walls, he puts it on the doorposts. Nowhere, I mean nowhere, do we know of blood being placed on the doorposts in the Beis Hamikdash, on being placed on the shelf of the Mizbeah, on the doorposts of the Primus. It just doesn't exist. But Rishon Ba'abasa, and now on the fourteenth, Yom Lachodesh Yelachem HaPesach. That is the day we have in the Pesach. That is with the Korban Pesach. That's the holiday you will eat matzos. The only problem there is no mention of a special sacrifice on that day. Continues the Navi. On the seventh day, after seven days, you then yase olol Hashem shivas parim v'shivas elim seven bulls, seven rams tamimim layom shiva hayomim on the seventh day v'chatzas seir izim layom. Nowhere is this prescribed. What is the seventh day? There's no holiday on the seventh day. You're using, it's a day of cleansing the base Hamikdash. No such offering is even mentioned in the Torah. Moreover, if you're talking about the holidays, you don't bring bulls and rams. You bring goats each seven days of the holiday. The Torah says two bulls, one ram each day. Um, and they say the same offerings I mean, should be done on Sukkis. Alright. So Bashiva Bachamisha Soyom Lachodish Bachog Yase Koela Shiva Sayomim Kachatsuska Olo Kumincha Bashaman. And you repeat this process on the seventh day of Sukkis, which process does not exist in the Torah. And so what you're doing, even if you take the interpretation that this is the Yemei HaMiluim, and we're going to discuss that Monday, that this is the day of consecration, you're talking about a consecration period of six months from Pesach to Sukkot. The Mishkan was seven days. The Bayas Rishon was seven days. The Bayas Shani was seven days of consecration. You're doing six months of consecration? For what? At whose demand? What's your basis? And so we see how terribly confusing it is, how we don't have answers, but it will not stop us from trying to view the different Mepharshim, how they view the possibilities here. We don't even know if these offerings are a one-time offering or are they each year? Is it an annual thing? We don't know. But in Mirza Hashem, we will clear up or attempt to clear up these mysteries 8.45 a.m. Monday. Don't miss it. Ad Khan.